0: Hi Shaleen. It's a really important day for me to record this because I really want you to know that how important you are in my life and how effective you are. I moved to United States four years ago and like seriously
1: I'm learning English listening to both your podcast and
0: you have no idea how much I'm learning. I learn English, I learn culture, the American culture. I'm still like new and I'm trying to figure things out and I learned business marketing and I just started my little small like business and all the idea all the knowledge that I have I mean it's coming from your podcast I am really thankful and I love you so so much and thank you I hope you have the best day ever Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media, or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, mom. This one's all you. Thanks, Brock. Today, my interview is with the founder of lifestyle brand, Fit Rocker Chick. You're going to love Erin's story because this is exactly the kind of success story I want you to hear. This is somebody who realized her career as a musician, as a singer in a band, as much as she loved it, there were things that she wasn't going to be able to do from a lifestyle and family perspective. But yet, man, she loved the feeling that she got on stage. She loved that feeling of entertaining people and helping people and using her voice. You can imagine as a rock and roll chick, how difficult it is to stay healthy on the road. And that's what she struggled with. And part of finding that solution for herself was discovering fitness and nutrition. That led her to fall in love with the products and services of a network marketing organization. These were products she was actually using and actually a fan of and actually talking about. And then she realized, oh, this is a network marketing organization. I'm already recommending these things. I could actually, I could become a part of this. Now wait, before you go anywhere and you're thinking, oh, is this going to be about network marketing? Not really. I mean, a little bit, but not really, because we're going to talk about why it's so important to build your own brand and what it means to be a true entrepreneur and how risky it is to have one stream of income, whether that is network marketing or the one thing that you're doing right now. One thing is, y'all, it's risky. It's also risky to do 10 things at once. So we're going to talk about the order in which she did things, how she's grown her brand and her business how to know when it's time to pivot, how to pivot and do things when you you really don't have a specific plan in place, you just have kind of a sketchy, hazy idea and why there's so much power in the mantra, make it messy, which is something you hear all the time on Build Your Tribe. If you are a Marketing Impact Academy student, you know that's the, I'm trying to constantly pound that into your head, make it messy, just freaking do it, just freaking do it. You just need to know, you need to have a sketchy outline of what it needs to look like and a plan of the right steps to do things in the right order, but you don't need to know exactly what it is. You just need to know the right steps. And so we break all of that down in this episode. Erin is a unique individual in a league of her own, not afraid to be herself, be her own brand. And because of that, she's made it abundantly clear for those people who are looking for someone just like her, here I am, I've been looking for you too. You're known as being one of the coolest chicks on Instagram How does a super cool chick come to grips with the idea of joining an MLM? I mean, like, dude, you're in concerts. You've got screaming fans. What? You're going to join an MLM? How did you come to grips with that?
1: It takes other cool chicks, (laughs) to be totally honest. I never would have made that jump into an MLM had I not thought that the other women in it were really cool. Mm. And I really liked how they showed up. I never ever felt sold to full transparency. I stalked them for like, you know, six months to see if I ever got that weird feeling. And I would just got the feeling I could hang out with them.
0: That's really interesting, especially that you said you stalked them for six months. I'm kind of that way too. And I think we have to be that way when we're discerning. And, you know, because aligning yourself with someone else says something about you. So you do have to be careful. That's one thing. And the second takeaway there is that if you are trying to attract the right people, you have to have patience.
1: Yeah, you know, watching the people that I watched inside the MLM was so helpful for me to really say, do I want to be associated Mm. with these people? Because it wasn't just the face of the company they are the face of the company. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be associated with them? Could I see myself hanging out with them? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to go into it and I'm going to build a successful business, these are also consequently the people that I'm going to need to learn from. Can I see myself doing what they're doing in a way that feels good to me? Mm -hmm. And the answer was yes. So it took cool chicks.
0: (laughs) Well, before we get to your success outside of that organization, was that really kind of your first taste in business?
1: You know, yeah, I hesitate only because being a musician, you know, you have to get yourself out there. You have to get in sessions with people. You have to be heard. You have to be seen. But that's kind of like its own thing all in Mm -hmm. itself. So, yes, starting an MLM business was my very first taste of you're in this on your own, babe. Mm
0: -hmm. What are you going to do? Were there systems or things that in order to be successful in an MLM are they transfer to the business that you operate today?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, being great at listening to what people are saying, mm. while at the same time being very true to who you are and not being pushed around so easily by, you know, whatever the trends might be or whatever other people are doing. I think that's very, very important. Also, being able to navigate customer service well. Mm. No matter what you're doing, any business owner, you want everyone to love everything you do. That is not reality. And if you can't figure out how to have a conversation with a customer who might not be all on board with Mm -hmm. what you're doing, that is always going to be a pain point. So Mm. I like to think about how can I make friends with my haters? Like How can I make them see my point of view? But regardless of what their experience was, I want them to leave me Feeling like, wow, I didn't expect that as far as customer service.
0: Mm. When you say you've got to avoid getting pushed around and following trends, mm-hmm. what does that look like for someone who's in a network marketing organization? What does being pushed around and following look like?
1: You know, in social media, especially. I really think that when people, especially me in the beginning stages, and this is something I wish I would have known, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of time is that when you want to be creative and you're looking for that creative way to say what you want to say or a creative way to put an image out, we look at what other people are doing slowly over time. What was once very authentically us begins to be shaded mm. and just ever so slightly colored by what other people are doing girl yes that is a human nature but if you can become aware of that when trends happen you can take a step back and you can say is this actually me is this actually something i would do say wear whatever or not and not get pushed around just because it's popular at the moment
0: so other than truly knowing who you are and having that confidence, how else might someone who's listening avoid getting caught up in that trap? Like, are there specific tactics you would have them put in place? I follow a bunch of people who are in different MLMs and I'm not listing just Beachbody. Obviously, people know I have an affiliation with that, but I follow a ton of people who are students of the Marketing Impact Academy. We've got a lot of network marketers and I, I'll follow them and I'm like, dang, This all looks the freaking same. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't know why I would do business with one person versus another. They're using the same tactics, the same language, the same presets, the same images. Like, huh?
1: Yeah. No, I do actually suggest you don't follow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I always told my team when I was really in the building phases, I always encouraged them not to follow me. Mm. Always. Wow. Just because I feel so strongly that. When I'm doing something and I'm teaching you or teaching, you know, my team how to do the same thing, I don't want an exact replica that does not benefit them. If I want a successful team, they cannot be an exact replica because that will not work long term. It will feel gross. It will feel inauthentic. And they're going to forget why they even wanted to start in the first place. Yeah. So there are a lot of people I love so much that I don't follow Just because I know my tendency in my own brain and my own personality Mm -hmm. that I will think what they did is so cool Mm. (laughs) that it will begin to shade what I do.
0: Yep. You have always stood out. I mean, you've always really made your mark and didn't look like everyone else. I I think that's 100,000% to your benefit. I think that's a real testament to anyone who's listening, who's in a network marketing organization. I mean, you just didn't even fit with like the vibe of the people who were at the top. I mean, you just really, Mm -hmm. totally were your own unique self and stayed true to that. At what point did you realize, you know, I can make this easier on myself and grow my business if I really step into my own brand and see myself outside of the organization that you were with?
1: Your audience. They will give you cues as to what they really want from you and what they're kind of over. And for me, I'm lucky enough to have a visceral response when something is like not right or when it's time to do something different. But I will say that I really strongly feel that listening to what the people wanted from me was largely my cue, that it was time to not just do something different by stepping into like. The brand that I wanted to create. But really, it was stepping into what I wanted to do all along.
0: So many people struggle with that, though. You know, And I've, I've even heard you say, like, I know who I am, I know what I like, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what this looks like in terms of a business. I just know what I like and how I like helping people. So do you need to know with specificity exactly what it is? No. Oh, my gosh. No. I mean,
1: I am so much better at running a business now than when I started, obviously, but there is still so much fluidity in what you think will happen and what does. And as far as vision, you know, that's what I call it, when you can see what it is or see where you want to go or see how you want it to end up. Sometimes, truthfully, I can see six months ahead. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can see 10 years. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what I thought was 10 years you know, is really five years. And sometimes I I get really all up in it. And you can see two weeks ahead, I really don't think that you always need to know what it is. But you knowing who you are, you can very well understand if something is a good fit for you. And if it's going to work.
0: One thing that we teach on the show a lot, and of course, inside of our academy, is the importance of not becoming your product, not becoming the brand that you represent, instead being you, you are the brand. Mm -hmm. What did that mean for you? Like, what did that look like? What did you have to do to really start establishing the fact that you yourself were a brand and that that's what people were attracted to while you were still in the midst of growing your network marketing organization?
1: You know, I think one thing that was very important is to dial up the parts of you that are I don't want to say the most unique, but maybe that is it the Mm -hmm. most unique, something that you can put a spotlight on easily. That's different from everyone else. Like turn that up. You might think that it's, you know, loud and out there, but chances are good that it's not. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was bringing more awareness to the rocker chick part of me. It Mm -hmm. was bringing more awareness to the things that I like and a lot of bringing awareness to things that I don't like. So Making that clear distinction for people really helped the brand evolve. When I just kind of turned the volume up on those things.
0: So if I'm in, you know, your network marketing organization, uh, which was Beachbody at the time, is very fitness and health oriented. So I can imagine that in your head, the self doubt side of you might have said, "Wait a second, what is being, you know, a rock and roll singer?" How is that going to help me attract people who are trying to improve their health, Mm. right? And so there's that person out there right now who's in a network marketing organization, and they're selling hair care, let's just say, or skin care. And they're like, you know, the thing that's kind of unique about me is I've trained horses, or I'm a makeup artist, or I'm a chiropractor, like something that feels completely unrelated to their product. So how do I then make sense of this side of me that's unique, but doesn't have anything in my mind, to do with the product that I offer?
1: Well, you always have to remember what attracted you to the product in the first place. Mm-hmm. You gave me really great advice a long time ago, which is don't join an MLM that you can't see yourself in in 10, 15 years. Like Make sure it's a product that you really love and use, and that is something that would be a daily thing. So you mm-hmm. brought up hair care and skin care playing into why you like it in the mm. first place is always the answer. Mm-hmm. It's always the answer. Why did I want to get into a fitness business? Because I wanted to fit in my leather pants. You okay. know what I mean? And yeah. Not, not everybody wants to wear leather pants, but I wanted to look good on stage in my sleeveless shirts and my leather pants. And everybody knew that. And it was portable, so I was on the road in a hotel, you know, roadside gym type thing, and I could do my workouts there. Those are
0: the types of things
1: that I would speak to.
0: Yeah. The part that attracted me to it. What you've just mentioned is authenticity. Like you've got to be honest. The worst thing you can do is use somebody else's story or water down your own so that it fits the other stories that you're hearing. So you begin to really step into and build your own brand. And, you know, it was fun for Brett and I. We were working with you at the time when, you know, Fit Rocker Chick, which is really what you're known for, kind of came to light, like it, it really started to take shape. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that may have helped your downline or the building of that business. So
1: we well, fit rocker chick. You came up with that name.
0: Let's just, (laughs) let's give credit. credit I don't know if that's true, but Uh, I mean, you are the fit rocker chick. Uh,
1: Yeah. So, you know, having that type of brand name, it really says who I am. Mm -hmm. It really just gives you a, a really quick synopsis into who I am. For me in building a team that told them who they were getting into business with Mm -hmm. that told them who they were learning from. So they didn't have this image of me that was super sweet or something that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was helpful for them to know exactly who they were coming on board with. But also I do think it was helpful in giving them permission to be whoever they wanted to be and come up with kind of like, and to be fully transparent for a long time, Fit Rocker Chick was almost like an alter ego mm. to me. It didn't feel exactly like who I was. It felt like who I wanted to be. Hmm. And now that feels like it's kind of like my own skin. Why do you think that is? You know, I think we started that when I was really going for something on my own. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah. I'd been I'd been in bands and, and toured with bands for lots of years. So this was the first time I stepped into something by myself So seeing myself as something bigger than a band or even just bigger than Aaron was an interesting thing for my Hmm. brain to kind of wrap around. So I did look at it like this is my alter ego while I navigated my way through business, while I navigated my way through, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Having that alter ego was such a blessing to me because I could look at different seasons of my life and instead of saying, what would Erin do? I could say, what would fit rocker chick do? Because she, the way I pictured that was like the woman that I wanted to be the business owner that I wanted to be. And now I'm that and more fully confidently that and more, but that was helpful.
0: Very helpful. It's almost like Clark Kent taking off his glasses and putting on his cape. It gives you, you know, this power and this, and Sometimes we speak negatively about imposter syndrome, but I think imposter syndrome is a really, really positive thing to use. We all do it. It's not a bad thing. I don't think it's unique. I think we all have it. You know, when you're a little girl, some little girls pretend that they're bike mechanics or rockers, and some little girls pretend that they're housewives or teachers or whatever it is. But, like, you have to kind of pretend you are something, and then you go through the motions, and then before long, you start to feel like you are that thing, and then it mm-hmm. becomes more familiar. So I think it's sometimes yeah. like creating a brand is like creating that cape that Superman yes, is on,
1: exactly, just like that. You know, I love that quote. It says, "I love who I've become because I fought to become her." Mm. I think that her, that becoming her, that's we're all after that our whole life. You're after whoever she is, just mm-hmm. being a little bit better, you know, just being a little bit closer, a little bit more having a little bit more grace with other people and yourself, you know, just in whatever area. But for me for sure, there was a process of becoming who Fit chick is.
0: So you begin building your email list as Fit FitRockerchick. Mm-hmm. You're building at the same time, you're downline, you've become a leader, you're growing your business. What was the first thing that you did that was all yours, like your very own business, didn't have anything to do with your network marketing. I launched a course. Tell us about that. I have to think back
1: to <laughs> what was my first course. It was called Thyroid Jumpstart. Yep. It was a 12 week course walking people through how I healed my body from hypothyroidism. And it was a really beautiful transition because as I shared what was real and happening in my life, you know, having a thyroid disorder was one of those things. And so people were coming to me in regards to health and fitness and they actually, you know, had seen some of my posts or content, blog whatever about thyroid stuff. So it was a natural progression to create a course again listening to the customer and what they wanted. So that's what I did.
0: And how challenging was it or was it easy to transition into creating your own offering because you already had developed a brand?
1: A little of both. It was easy because I already knew how to speak to what my customer wanted. I knew there was a need there. I knew there was a huge need there from what I was listening to them saying. And I knew how to be on camera. I knew how to create a course. Like I knew how to do those things. The challenging part was differentiating how the course was different than the challenges that I had run in the past or how it was different from the coaching that I offered as a fitness coach.
0: Did you combine any part of that? Because I wonder, you know, there have been other experts we've had on the show where they've you know, launched their own thing and like, say, a fitness program, et cetera. And then they've been able to incorporate some of the products Mm. of their network marketing or was it completely separate?
1: Well, actually, it was kind of the opposite of what you just described. So while I was running challenges, fitness challenges, I used those as beta. <laughs> I used those as beta tests. So I basically got people to be in a challenge and then also help them with thyroid stuff. But it was just a beta to see if the information that I was going to give them in a course was in the right order, you know, mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. it delivered in the right way. Right so I incorporated it that way, but then whenever I drew the line, like, "This is the course," and this is my fitness business," I only integrated a couple things. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't overlap them really. Got it.
0: What was probably the greatest challenge, would you say, in you know doing something that's now it's all you? In the past, when you're offering someone else's product, you're representing it but it is somebody else's, right? If they don't like the workout, maybe it didn't feel so personal. What was the hardest part about saying, okay, this is what I've created. This is what I'm offering. It's all me.
1: That first person who's like, this didn't work for me. And you're like, well, who asked you, Patrice? You know what (laughs) I mean? It's just like very personal. Right. And the amount of effort and energy and blood, sweat, and tears that goes into creating a course damn, like it's a lot. And so if someone doesn't go all the way through it, if someone doesn't understand something, you know, you creating a course, I mean, you turn on the camera, you have to have energy Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I think that the Mm -hmm. most challenging thing was when people didn't get it or they thought it didn't work for them or something along those lines, because it was just, just me, you know, I birthed the content, I filmed the videos, everything was me.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. I birthed the content. It feels like your art, it feels yes. like your responsibility, even though people may say, I didn't get it because they didn't do it, they didn't open it, they didn't try exactly. for whatever reason. You know, that's great advice. And so, after your first course, do you continue building your business via? Are you trying to build your email list? Or are you doing it primarily through social? How do you continue to build? Your audience?
1: Both. If it's not growing, it's dying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and that goes double for your email list and for, you know, your social media. So, both, you know, I was very, very conscious of going back to the differences between, I had never really launched before, Mm. you know, like when you are in an MLM, they kind of take care of that for you, you know? So, yeah, then you have to do it yourself. So, The in-between time, there was a lot of focus on getting people on the wait list and getting people ready for the next launch and getting myself ready for the next launch and continuing to figure out how to seed the content in social media. And yeah.
0: To be successful outside of your network marketing organization, you had to learn, as you've just said, skills, how to create a course, how to build an email list, how to process payments, how to launch. Do you think you could have done that without investing in coaching and training programs? No. How do you make that decision where you're like, wait a second, the network marketing business is making me money. Why would I therefore invest in something else when I could just focus on this? Like, How do you make that that leap of faith? Because so many people I- struggle with it.
1: Well, two things. One, if you are not willing to bet on yourself, why is anyone else going to? Like mm. you have to be able to just say, "I believe in myself, I believe that I can do this, I believe I'm going to do this, I believe this is going to work." and you have to be willing to bet on yourself. Also, money isn't everything, you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some if you know if you are a person who has that, you can't put it away. I always like to say that God, when he puts something on your heart, he will not let it go. (laughs) He's like a dog with a bone, okay? (laughs) If he puts it on your heart, he is not going to let it go. So if you are Mm. someone who has that, even just a little tiny idea that you are capable of more, that you want to do more, it won't go away. Mm. It will not go away. Trust me, you can't quiet it down, like it's going to be there and you might as well just do it.
0: All right, we're gonna take a quick break. To state the obvious, if you haven't figured it out by now, the one thing that every expert has in common, every successful guest you've ever heard on Build Your Tribe has this one thing in common. What is it? I'm going to state the obvious. It's that they've invested in help. They haven't tried to figure this out themselves. Of course, they listen to podcasts. Of course, they tried to figure it out themselves. But ultimately, if you want the shortcut, if you want to get there in the quickest way possible, you got to make an investment. You got to invest in a coach, a mentor, or a program. Well, you get all three of those things when you sign up for the Marketing Impact Academy. This episode is sponsored by the Marketing Impact Academy, and that is in honor of our guest today and countless other guests you've heard here on this podcast who invested in the Marketing Impact Academy where we teach you the right order to do things in. Remember, this is not just a course. You know, some courses you're intended to start it and then once you finish it, then you can be successful. That's not how I operate. That's not how my brain works and I don't think it's how your brain works either. We've designed this to be an online forever resource for you. That means when you make an investment in the Marketing Impact Academy, you can start going through the first couple of lessons and you you can be like done if you want and start making money. And then when you need to know the next step or how to do that next thing that comes in your business, you don't have to go buy another course. The resources are there for you. We've compiled the best experts, the most up-to-date content, we're constantly updating it, and it's all very easily organized so that you're like, okay, hmm, now I need to know how to improve my open rate on my emails, or hmm, now I need to know something about creating a sales video. It's all there for you. It's there waiting for you and it's constantly being updated. The expert ambassadors who teach the content in this program are hand-selected by myself and Brett. And listen, it's ridiculous how inexpensively it's priced. You would have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this type of information at your fingertips available to you 24-7 when you need it from the convenience of your phone. To check the availability of enrollment, please go to marketingimpactacademy.com. In fact, you can just Click below on our show notes. You'll see a link there that will take you directly to our page. When you invest in the Marketing Impact Academy, you become a lifetime Academy member. So you have access from now until eternity. All right, back to the interview with one of my favorite success stories. We're going back to when you first started in network marketing. If you're a network marketing organization, at the same time you're building your own brand, how long after you were like really established your brand where you're almost spending half your time there? not even a year into my ah. MLM. Yeah. Ooh, that's good news. That's, I mean, that, that's good information. And yeah. what percentage of time, if you can break it down in that way for us, are you spending today? What percentage in your umbrella brand and then the network marketing?
1: 95% in my umbrella brand.
0: Interesting. And does it still continue to grow your network marketing?
1: Yes, it does but that is not my goal. It's sure. a ha- it's a happy accident. Every time every month we go over the finances in the business, we're just like, "What?" Yeah. It's it's amazing. But I always tell my team, my team in my MLM uh-huh. and my team that I work with the brand is that that's why I started it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why I started it was so that it would make residual income with right. me doing other things. That was right. why I Started it. So it's really, really nice. I will actually never forget the meeting I sat in when I was like, I didn't
0: do anything in my MLM and it made what now? You know? Wow. Awesome. You know, if I can be the big sister right now for anyone listening who's in, in network marketing or who maybe has their own brand and that's it, one stream of income is about the riskiest thing you can do. I don't care if it's your own thing or somebody else's thing, one stream is risky. And you're smart. I'm talking to the listener. You're smart. You're creative. Once you have something established where you're like, okay, I get this. It's moving. It can operate without me in it 24-7. That's when you want to start dabbling in another stream. It doesn't mean you jump completely. And I love that you shared with us that transition. But once you make that transition, then you see that you can create all these other streams. And so Let's talk about all those other streams that are now under your umbrella brand. You started with a course. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you moved on to a, a membership site, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us about that.
1: Yes, I started the She's a Rock Chick girl gang, which has <laughs> been so awesome to start a girl gang. We're totally getting jackets. No, we're probably getting <laughs> we're probably getting t-shirts or something like that. Yeah, so started that, and it's been awesome. And And to speak to the email list and the importance of growing that throughout your whole transition and and growth as a business owner, I was able to send an email out to my list that said this. Hey, guys, I want to start a group, a group of women. Here's what I'm thinking. And I kind of listed out some ideas that might be cool. Let me know if that's something that you're into. I would love 100 people to join as a test and kind of co-create this membership group. Here's a link to join." like it was just like a straight email to people. Like, here's what I'm thinking. I want to do a beta. I don't know what it is, but I have an idea. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Within 48 hours, it was full.
0: And I'm like, wow. That's a testament to the trust of your email list, which is, you know, so significant that it can't be underestimated. The importance mm-hmm. of promoting that on a regular basis, there's countless episodes you'll find here on Build Your Tribe. If you're a Marketing Impact Academy student, we just hammer that message home. Because once you're building your email list, you can say something that vague. Like, hey, girls, I don't know what this is, but it's going to be cool. You want to do it? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: And then, you know, you get 100 people who are straight up your people. And you're like, okay, this beta is going to be legit.
0: Now, the person who is a planner who needs everything perfect before they launch. And they need to know exactly how many weeks and what am I going to charge and what are we going to do on week three and what download are they going to get on week four and what does the logo look like and what are we going to offer and all of these things is going to probably freak out hearing how you did this. But I do believe that is one of the reasons, Aaron, why you have been so successful because you're not afraid to go, I don't know what this is, but I'm doing it. You're not mm-hmm. afraid to make it freaking messy. What is yeah. the benefit of going into something with a rough sketch, not a specific plan?
1: You can make it what you want. You know, when you have a plan ahead of time, it's planned out, mapped out, and, and it kind of limits you to be able to take twists and turns and pivot. And I'm going to relate this to writing a song. When you write a song, you mm-hmm. might write a verse and you might think the chorus is going to go like this, but then you get another co writer in the room. Who thought of a lick like this on the guitar? And you're like, oh, what if we went here? So, allowing my audience to collaborate with me allowed me to create something far beyond what I thought I was going to create, far beyond what I thought I was going to create.
0: Dude, and really, that's awesome. Really
1: and truly give them what they wanted. It was 100% a collaboration, but if I would have had it planned out, it wouldn't have been, oh man, I just, that would have been sad.
0: Dude. And it's brilliant because co-creators are invested. Who is your greatest mouthpiece? A person who wants to say like, you need to try this as someone who had a hand in the creation of it. Co-creators yeah. become your frontline. They become your guerrilla marketing. They become your influencers, if you will. They're the ones that can move things forward. And you always create something better when you're collaborating, I think. Yeah. They're
1: my brand ambassadors. Like I don't have to Ask them to do anything. Like they have my back because they are a hundred percent invested in what we created together and also what I'm creating moving forward. And quite frankly, I have used them as my muse almost, you know, you and, and using they've become this community that I created has become so much of a it's almost like, oh, this is gonna be a weird visual. I don't know <laughs> if anyone's gonna follow me, but like, you know, let's say. 500 people started swirling in a tornado and came out as one person, like one avatar. That's kind of what this group has done in my mind. So I can create products based on their feedback and just based on who the avatar of the group is. And it helps me to see very, very clearly the people that I haven't reached yet.
0: So now your group has become co-creators. They're telling Mm -hmm. you what physical products they want next so you went from doing courses to memberships and of course all these things are it's not like you left one thing and moved on to the next you didn't leave network marketing it's at a place where you can set it and forget it not that you forget it but you know what i'm saying like it's right it's self-sufficient so are your courses so is your membership site and now you're producing physical products based Mm -hmm. on the demand and feedback of your lifer and that started with if i'm not mistaken a skincare line Yes. And now a live event you have coming up in May. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, an apparel line.
1: Yes. How crazy is this life? What is this life, Shaleen? What is this life? <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> it's very cool.
0: But one at a time, right? Like, I mean, You didn't go like, okay, well, let's see. This month, let's launch an apparel line, a live event, a membership site, and a skincare line. I mean, You didn't do that. It's one at a time. Okay. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, definitely one at a time. And I ran it by my audience as a like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Because I want to know, you know, there's always a squeaky wheel. There's always those few. <laughs> yeah. And you think that, you know, this is going to be the ticket. And, you know, going back a little bit to speak to that planner that you talked about, don't think for a second that I haven't tried things that haven't failed. We all do. We all try things that didn't quite do exactly what you thought they were going to
0: do. But that's just information. That's good to know. Are you willing to share with us something that you ran by your audience and they're like, eh, not so much? Oh, yeah. Eh, Okay, cool.
1: So every morning I have a very specific, (laughs) you're going to laugh at what it was. Okay. Every morning I have a very specific thing that I do. Like It's like a ritual. I write down very specific things. And so I started sharing it just on a notebook and everyone, it seemed like, you know how it is. Everyone wants this. They would DM me all the time asking about this. And so we made it a journal. It's mm-hmm. not really a journal. It's like a morning practice thing. We made it a, a thing, a spiral bound thing. And then we launched it and it was just like, it wasn't cricket because I do have, like you said, my lifers. So I don't want to be dramatic and say it was cricket, but it definitely did not do what we thought. And a couple things with that, I had a feeling it was kind of a squeaky wheel thing mm-hmm. and I went against my gut. Yep. And whenever I've gone against my gut, it's just never good. Even if it seems like it's such a good idea and it's going to make a ton of money or whatever, it's never a good idea to go against your gut. Because even if it's no, it doesn't mean it's no forever. And so that is one thing that I wish I would have asked them ahead of time.
0: Because (laughs) you got a little bit of feedback that wasn't like, okay, this is a flop. But your intuition Mm -hmm. was already telling you, "Eh, I'm not sure if this is the thing. But it's enough for you to make that pivot and go, okay, So then what is the thing? Because if you keep trying to push something that doesn't feel like it's Mm -hmm. a good fit, your Mm -hmm. audience can tell that you're pushing it. It sucks up your energy. It sucks up your time. It makes you bummed out because it's not a huge hit, right? Right. And so that affects your energy for the next thing that you're excited about. So what led you to the scary proposition of doing your first live event in Nashville on May 2nd and 3rd?
1: What led me to that was my girl gang. They just were incessantly asking about when we could do a live event. And, you know, I just couldn't shake the feeling that with all the screens and all the things, it feels so good to be with people and be with your people. There is something about a live event. And what I did was I went and I checked out a venue, and this was just Seeing what venues were available in Nashville. And I took a couple boomerangs and a couple of videos of the venue in Nashville. And then I posted that video on Instagram and on Facebook. And I said, something big is happening. What do you guys think is gonna go down in mm. Nashville? That gave me, Shaleen, I cannot even tell you, that gave me such insight into what people want from me. Like, whoa. It was like whoa. So a live event. Was one of the top two type top three answers, Mm -hmm. but a store like Mm. my own store was another one, and there were a couple different things. And I was like, "Wow, it was just so cool to see what people, yeah, where people's minds were at when I said this is a venue, something cool is happening in Nashville." It was almost like I said, "What do you want it to be?"
0: That is a really interesting experiment. You didn't tell them what it was. Nope. You didn't tell them what they wanted to see. You let them bring their vision to life, which is really fascinating. The idea of doing a live event to me, I'm like, dang, this is so perfect for you. Like, when I think about anyone's journey, I believe that, you know, God has experienced all these things because they're going to be used for his higher purpose and they all will make sense someday. Like, it might not make sense in this moment but eventually it's all going to make sense like but of course you would have a live venue like where you can Mm -hmm. be on a stage like that's where you were meant to be i mean recently you and i were both at a funeral also known as a life celebration for our friend Mm -hmm. lee lawhorn and girl you brought the freaking house down i mean you sang worship together with our friend janelle seward and i mean it was unbelievable (laughs) i was like people should have paid to be here
1: (laughs) thank you I do feel so much comfort being on stage, like give me a microphone and that's the anchor, you know, that anchors me Yeah. and it makes me feel the most authentic I will ever be is on a stage with a microphone. Like it's just, it feels so like home to me. So this live event is, I'm so crazy excited. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's freaking me out a little bit because so much goes into it. So much goes into it. And I want everything to be so perfect and just like my vision. And so I'm, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. It's fun.
0: You know, it is fun, but it is also scary. And I like to be as real as possible on the show. And I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts with business owners and speaking to experts and everything always sounds so rosy and like, yeah, and then that was super successful. And this is super successful. And I love it. I love it. And you just, but the reality is, and I'm sure you would agree that Mm. it is scary as hell. There are so many ups and downs in being your own brand and creating your own thing. I mean, obviously, the positives outweigh the negatives, or we wouldn't do it. But there are a lot of negatives and there are a lot of positives. But the negatives, you get the self doubt, you have moments of failure, you have stress. It's all you. Like, Oh, thank you so much for asking. I'm like, like, while you're talking about it, I'm like, I'm going to burst
1: if I don't get to tell you (laughs) because praise God for this question, because I agree. I listen to a lot of podcasts and they just make it sound so rosy and like they're so resilient and they're just, they just keep going. And that's true. I am resilient and I just keep going. But there are times I've wanted to curl up in a ball in the back of my closet and just forget the world or have the Mm -hmm. world swallow me whole, you know, when things don't work or when something is just significantly harder than you thought, or when you can't get out of your own thoughts, when you Mm -hmm. can't get off the loop of your own thoughts. And Mm -hmm. it's not just one day, but it's every day this week. And you're like, what is wrong with me? And, you know, like that's the life, that's the life. And, you know, with anything that you do, whether, you know, I come from a musical background, being on the road, that had its own set of challenges and being an entrepreneur and running a business has its own set, but it is definitely not all sunshine and roses. Again, the upside far outweighs the downside, but damn, Mm -hmm. there is a downside. Yeah. And you do have to get tough and you do have to learn how to make quick decisions and you will not please everyone Mm -hmm. ever, like Mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever. You will never, (laughs) you will never make everyone happy. Ever, (laughs) you you can make you can make yourself and your family and Jesus happy, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Like that's about all that you can do. But I'm having the best time. But also, it is the most challenged I've ever been, Mm. and I love I love that. I love that because I can see that where this is going to take me. Because on the other side of every challenge is always why you went through that, Mm. and it's always worth it.
0: That's huge Aaron, if people are interested in attending your event in Nashville, where can they learn more?
1: you can go to fitrockerchick slash live event
0: oh this is going to be are you going to be singing there too by chance yeah
1: dude we're gonna do a 90 minute set so uh, and i've called in, I've called in my musician friends from all over the place we're gonna lay it down I'm very excited
0: will you be launching your apparel line at that event yes
1: so we are launching a clothing line which has been a literal
0: labor of love. <laughs> do you open up your membership? Is it always open or is that something that opens monthly? How does that work?
1: Well, we do a little bit of both. So sometimes it'll be open for like a four month period and mm-hmm. then we'll close it for the remainder of the year, and then we'll open it up next year and and we just kind of play around with it a little bit. Sure. Based on whatever feels really good to me. I don't love
0: launching. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't love love launching. Plus bandwidth, you know, like you've got to figure out like, okay, how can I serve this audience? I mean, that's how we kind of decide when we're going to open up MIA too. It's like, uh uh-oh, we're short staff, like three people right now. We can't open MIA because we have to serve the people that are in there now. It's tough to get a new group started. So that makes sense. Uh But where could we learn more and, and just check it out and see if you're open? You can go to shesarockchic.com. She's a rock com. I love it. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey, your make it messy success. I freaking love it. I'm just a huge fan and thank you so much for being a friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun.